You're listening to Rhoda and Mary, a podcast on feminism, friendships, and fun inspired by the Mary Tyler Moore Show. If you're a fan of Mary Richards, Rhoda Morgenstern, and the general brilliance that is the Mary Tyler Moore Show, then we think you're going to enjoy this series. In today's episode, we're going to finish up our conversation about the pilot episode of the Mary Tyler Moore Show. So let's get going. I think uh, the relationship between Mary Richards and Mr. Grant is really interesting. Yes. Um, Especially when you've watched a lot of the seasons and you see kind of how it develops. Mm -hmm. But in in this opening episode, like, it's pretty shocking how kind of terrible (laughs) Mr. Grant is, like, from, from the point of view of like a modern viewer and I think especially like the first interaction she has with him being that interview that she has for the new job so I wanted to I think we should chat about those interview questions because yeah yeah they're kind of they're big they're kind of crazy like it's all things that like you you definitely could uh sue someone yeah well yeah if someone asked you these things in an interview today like they would be in big trouble they do use the the sort of uh comedic element where it's like she keeps answering the question that he just asked Later. yeah <laughs> like yeah like uh he asked like what religion are you and she said she says something like you're not allowed to ask me that like right and, and he's sort of gruff about it and then he moves on to like are you married and she's like presbyterian <laughs> yeah <laughs> Because all of a sudden, that's the easier question to answer. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I feel like, you know, the writers are so clever. Yeah. Because even though he's asking these, like, really invasive, totally unprofessional questions, certainly yep. by today's standards. Yep. I, I, the comedy makes me not hate him. Like, right. Yes. And that's kind of shocking. <laughs> well, it's also, and I don't know, I think this definitely translates to actual interviews although never been asked these things specifically but like the thing that translates is he's asking these questions and he's not necessarily listening to the answer that's true yeah he's definitely not no (laughs) he's like pouring more like i don't know yeah some sort of liquor into his coffee we have to to find out what his liquor is that he's that he's got stashed in there yeah we do actually i'm surprised (laughs) that i don't know i feel like i should know what lou grant drinks what does Lou Grant drink? <laughs> yeah, I think I think the writing in this episode is is pretty un not unique for the series, but unique for for shows in general. Just because yeah. of because when we meet him, we decide like we make a decision about him right away, and by the end of the episode, which we'll get to later, but by the end of the episode, we have a different understanding of him. And I think that different understanding at the end of the episode holds itself through the whole series. Yes, I totally agree. And that's fascinating. It's it's a key, it's a key component to, I think what makes the show a success and what makes you understand why Mary, you know, decides to stay on in the newsroom over the years. Yeah, and, yeah um, exactly. You know, it's it's a real family dynamic almost. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Dysfunctional. 
dysfunctional, but like, yeah, Lou kind of stepping in as like a father figure. Yeah. Um, yeah. While also being a boss. Um, right. Right. And of course, you know, uh, when she sort of stands up to him and, and <laughs> says like, you're asking a lot of personal questions that has nothing to do with my ability to do this job. You know, that's when he says the line. You know what? You got spunk. Well, I hate spunk. <laughs> and she's so And flattered. she does that thing. <laughs> Well, I guess I, I guess I do. <laughs> it's so good. But then he still gives her the job. Right. Um, so again, maybe that's part of the reason why I feel like even after that scene, even as uh, offensive as he is as a character, like he, I don't totally, yeah, I don't totally hate him. I'm sort of like, well, I'm excited to see yeah, where this goes. And um, yeah. And then I definitely did want to just throw it out there that, you know, she comes in for a secretarial job. Yes. Which has been filled, apparently. Although yes. we never meet that We secretary. never see that person. Yes. <laughs> Who is that secretary? Is that Murray? <laughs> Maybe it is. <laughs> yeah, because he's very snotty about it when she comes in. He's like, oh, it's yeah. been filled. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe all he does is type all day. Like, is he a secretary? What is his job title? I don't know. I thought maybe he's just figure that out. Lead, maybe he's lead writer or something. He's always writing. He writes the copy for the Ted for Baxter. The news, for yeah. Ted Baxter. For Ted Baxter all the time. Yeah, but I don't know if we ever get like a title for him. No, I don't know that we do either. Ooh, I'm gonna look that up too. In addition yeah. to what does Lou Grant drink? What's what Murray's Grant title? Drink? What the hell is Mary's title? Because Mary gets bestowed the position of associate producer. Which nobody which knows what that is to this day. No, nobody knows what it is. Lou also remarks that he's like, I'll give you this mm -hmm. job. It's associate producer job. It pays like $10 a week less than the yeah. secretarial job. And he's like, if you can like manage with $15 a week less, we'll make you a producer. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Which I find particularly funny because I feel like that is... That's true. That's been my experience with television work. But, but don't you also find that in the associate producer role, you end up being the producer? Well, yes, of course. Yes. Yeah. So that's yeah. it. I don't know if <laughs> most people would find this as funny as we seem to find it, but I think... Yeah, I know. <laughs> We just can't get over the fact that she's an associate producer. And what does that mean? <laughs> oh, my God. So I've been considered a producer mm -hmm. in certain situations. And, mm -hmm. like, I've been asked to really be, like, what I always imagined a producer is. Like, someone who yeah. really has to have, like, eyes on the whole project. And, like, yes. yeah. you know, book talent, book equipment mm -hmm. like find mm -hmm. locations do the whole thing and then like be there on the day and kind of yeah. like make sure everything goes as planned and then oversee the edit like every piece yep. of it yep um but like then there's been other occasions where it's like yeah i i'm a producer but i'm being asked to like <laughs> 
fix like a logo like someone yeah. doesn't know the fonts and i'm like having to send that yeah. to like yeah. Yeah. the printers and i'm like what the fuck is my job like it's just so <laughs> it's so weird but i mean i think especially when you're working like actually cuz i definitely as you know am more on the digital side of things right which i mean that whole industry has just blown up in the past like decade but right Right. So it's even more nebulous than, I mean, I feel like it could be even more nebulous than just a producer in television. Oh, totally. Yeah. And I think because too, there's this feeling of like, well, nowadays everybody's just supposed to be able to do all of all the things. Mm, like I'm supposed yeah. to be able to work a camera mm -hmm. <laughs> as well as be able to edit film and do the like yeah. production management stuff and whatever. Yep. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that is that is a good point. But I do think when you're actually talking about, like, actual production on set stuff, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like, those jobs are so ubiquitous Yes. when when you're in Hollywood that I yes. do think, it like, anyone that's ever just worked in Hollywood knows, like, everyone's an associate producer. <laughs> yep. <laughs> like, or everyone's, like, been given that title at some point to make them feel better about the fact that they are going to totally. have to do all the work. <laughs> Completely. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's so relative, isn't it? Like, titles it in general, like, yes. they mean one thing in one place, but they mean something different in another place. Completely. And... That's true. Yeah. Like, I've had situations where, like, yeah, like, a better opportunity with, like, more money and, you know, better whatever, a better situation comes along, but the title doesn't sound as impressive as the title I'd be, like, so yeah. then I'm always yep. kind of like, can I just keep my title? <laughs> can I keep my title? And then people using titles, I mean, certainly in nonprofit spaces, we, we all know that, like, in a lot of cases, they don't have they actually don't have the budget to like always give people raises and that's right whatever and so titles are often used as like the the bargaining chip yeah or like yeah. that's the reward for doing a yeah. good job all year is we're going to change your title from you know manager to director or whatever exactly like, yeah yeah oh yeah so... instead of instead of uh sewer is like costume <laughs> yeah. costume shop lead. It's like <laughs> no, I just said okay, but sure. Costume fine. shop lead. <laughs> Maybe a better title than that, like wardrobe goddess. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. There's on on this puppet show, there was the, the person who is leading up the entire team of puppeteers. His title was puppet captain and i guess that's <laughs> <laughs> i guess that's that's standard that's what that that's the title for that that's and it's what, on like, other jim henson was yeah puppet captain and i remember nathan seeing that and getting and finding it hysterically funny and then immediately his feathers <laughs> getting ruffled and he brought it up in a meeting to like the lead producer it was like i just need to find out if if this person is puppet captain why can't i be prop captain <laughs> Or like prop admiral. He like came up with something bigger. The prop colonel. <laughs> Actually, it's not it's not a bad idea if I ever have a company that I get to decide what like, people what the, I yes. want everybody to have like funny titles. 
I agree. And I think I think letting people create their titles is pick also their title. Hysterical. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It would be great if the interns get to have the title of like executive producer. <laughs> so just going back though to like the fact that nobody's impressed by Yes. Mary's job news, like that is that is a moment in this first episode that I just it's a very tiny moment and not even something that I was like, oh, we should talk about. But like when yeah, Mary gets back to the apartment and she's trying to tell Phyllis that she got Phyllis a job. Not care. Yeah. Phyllis just wants her to pay attention to the fact that <laughs> Bess has arranged her yeah. her furniture and like Mary like I love like it just it's <laughs> Phyllis, the more I watch the show, the more I just find her the funniest. Isn't that funny? Because I, I feel like the first time around when I was watching this show, which albeit was just, it wasn't the day, but it was 25 years ago. I was yeah. so, I felt so irritated by Phyllis. Yeah. Yeah. I think I did and, too. Like, yeah. And that's her, that is like, she is that. She is like, that she's role. supposed to be a foil for, yeah, for the other but women. But I couldn't even, I couldn't even see the humor in it. It was just like, God, whenever Phyllis shows up, it's annoying. But now yeah. watching it, it's like, it's incredible. Yeah. She's so funny. <laughs> like, it's like, she sort of was like, you haven't even noticed that Bess has arranged your furniture. <laughs> and Mary like goes over to Bess and like kind of like, oh, thank you so much. Like makes a big deal. Uh-huh. And like, she turns back to Phyllis. Phyllis still looks pissed off. And Mary's like, did I not? Did I not think yeah. best enough? <laughs> <laughs> and like Phyllis sort of is like, oh, well, no, I actually have some earth shattering news for you, but go ahead. Tell me about your job. Like super yeah. passive. Yeah. yeah. Classic. Yes. But then again, it's like best. Like Phyllis is about to tell Mary that her, her boyfriend right. is coming to town and like best jumps in. Bess being Phyllis's daughter yeah. jumps in and and scoops the news like it's like your boyfriend's coming to town and the way Phyllis looks at Bess <laughs> is priceless and it's like yeah. that that is the those are the things that I find so funny yes. about the way that, Flora Sleepman yeah. plays it yes and she's and like that was news. mother's yeah. news <laughs> <laughs> so Bill showing up um <sighs> And I mean, yeah. he, I think, you know, the the best part about that, and it's the final scene of the episode, um, like, it's obviously a dramatic scene because we know that she, she left him because yeah. he couldn't commit after two yeah. years of being together. Yeah. He's a doctor. With also what sounds like her supporting him. Exactly. Totally. Yeah. That's, she, yeah. like... Phyllis basically is just like she got him through his residency and now yeah. he's a full-blown doctor with a practice and he's like let's not rush into anything yeah so like obviously Mary made the right choice and being like uh can't wait around forever for you like I'm leaving yeah but um when he finally does appear you know I feel like they cast him really well he looks exactly like the kind of just like yes you're generic yeah like high school yeah stud yeah yeah and the flower very two-dimensional <laughs> i was gonna say yeah he he brings her flowers and actually okay she says 
roses in winter and <laughs> at the same time the brilliance of this scene is that rather than just letting this play out as like a dramatic coming together of these two people that obviously have just broken up mr grant has already infiltrated the scene yeah come in totally drunk shows up before bill arrives, bill arrives. yeah and mary uh can't get rid of him hmm. and this this is going back to your earlier point this is the sort of bait and switch with mr grant where we think yeah. we know what a hound dog he is but turns right. out he's not and it's only at the very last like moments of the show because him showing up you're like yeesh yeah right what a mess. Yeah. Into. yeah but yeah like and and he she he says oh you know my he's drunk Mm-hmm. Uh, and he says that you know his wife just left for a month and Mary is mm-hmm. like oh now we see okay Miss Associate producer like Mary's basically yeah, yeah, like yeah. god like, yeah. yeah now we know but then Mr. Grant is like I she's gonna be gone a whole month and I miss her so much and I want to write her a letter <laughs> <laughs> so he proceeds to like camp out in in her apartment at her typewriter and yeah. he's like eavesdropping up along this i mean he's not meaning to but like he's listening to this conversation so yeah. she keeps feeding him lines for his, lines. his letter <laughs> to his wife because she says oh he says something like i miss you like and she she's getting the flowers from bill and she's like roses in winter and mr grant's like roses in winter <laughs> So suddenly yeah. this like kind of awkward and and dramatic scene is is injected with this comedy that like it's so good. Who would have thought to do that? <laughs> like I, I know. I know. It's so clever. Um but yeah, it turns out those flowers <laughs> are ones that this the patient. This goober doctor, yeah, right stole from. from a patient. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And didn't even take the little card away. Yeah, so just to see. how hard is that? Like, just remove <laughs> the card, dummy. Like, <laughs> it is very poignant. I think you're right. I think a lot of women can relate, regardless of their relationship status. Um, and that her, and that her, in general, getting away from that relationship is a huge move to a new city with no job and like nothing. Yeah. nothing lined up and she does that she throws absolute caution to the wind jumps out of the frying pan and into the fire and then he makes what could very well be seen as a very dramatic move to yeah. come there and yeah. get her back and yeah. she's like yeah buddy I did the hardest thing I've ever done and I have a job and I have an apartment like you're too late yeah she doesn't need him and I think that no that comes across really clearly yeah yeah and it you're right it's like he's done this grand gesture of coming to Minneapolis but like it's not enough and no you know when when he leaves Lou Grant comes back looking for a stamp to mail his letter (laughs) yeah and uh you know I think that is then sort of solidifies this really supportive friendship that mr grant and mary are gonna have because mr grant's like you didn't lose much yeah and like he's too drunk like you don't even think he 
you would have thought he was That's too right. drunk to even notice notice that there are other people in the room yeah but yet he's he's sort of right there in this moment where she has had to like really say no and 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 really make this decision of going out on her own basically official yeah um and he's there to kind of help you know soften the blow and and just be like you did the right thing and she has this great moment where she's just like Mm. she's clearly upset but she's also Mm. just like i am so lucky like i you know imagine what my life would have been like yeah now i get to to and you can tell she doesn't totally believe it yet but yes. she's 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 made the tough choice and he actually when bill is walking out he says something like take care of yourself and she's like i think i i just did i think i just did yeah, yeah. exactly and that and i think Ooh, i just so got I think, chills <laughs> i know me too and i i think also what's incredible in this whole sequence is how she is multitasking the emotional state of two men at the same time in order to navigate her own emotional state which is like I feel like is every job I ever have is every day of my life is like navigating other people's emotional states to get through especially having a, a toddler yeah like to get through a situation and she's and it, right here, it's like it's summing itself up in this. It's your boss who's drunk, and it's your ex <laughs> who you walked away from who's still not committing, and you're ha- you're having to be a gen- gentle, poised woman actually navigating these situations for them. Yeah. By the end of the episode, though, shortly after Mr. Grant leaves, Rhoda appears, yeah. and. Uh, is is not coming down to fight over the apartment anymore or anything like that. Mm-hmm. She's coming down to to talk to Mary about what just happened. What just happened? Yeah. Because apparently she could she could hear everything <laughs> through the heating through the vent. vent. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> but right then, right there, it's like I just I'm like, oh my god, I love this person. I love that yeah. she feels confident enough to go down and talk to this stranger who just had this situation like it just right. is like oh wow right now what a great what a great friend before they're even yeah. friends yeah yeah and i would and then, do that right but <laughs> but if you but if you were that person if you were rhoda and you were listening to this and and at that time and you heard everything that just happened you'd be like i know i would have like a huge amount of empathy empathy and think like that was some tough shit that just happened and this woman is pretty strong and she's doing she's doing exactly what I would do like I think that's a I don't know I I I don't I don't think it's too far off from something that I feel like I would go and do I definitely oh see this is why I'm your friend (laughs) (laughs) I I agree with you I feel like I would I would be the same i just don't know that i'd be bold enough to go down and talk to a person after they just went That's through true. i like i feel like i would be too uh like too shy like i wouldn't want to like oh i don't want to i don't want to like infiltrate their emotional leaving yeah, yeah. <laughs> um but in fact um, i think it's so great that she does and i actually 
just one other thought on that. You do bring up a good point. I think earlier in the episode, Rhoda kind of, uh, there's kind of a sense when she's fighting with Mary about the apartment that like she does view Mary as a pushover and she does think that Mary's not that strong. So I think your point is super apt about maybe after overhearing this conversation that Mary's had. Yeah, suddenly she's like, okay, no, this girl's the real deal. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Thus we begins had... <laughs> a beautiful begins. friendship. Beautiful friendship. I guess, yeah, that sums up our first, <laughs> the first episode is finally, we finally did it and talked about it. Finally wrapped it up. Yeah. Yeah. So, next time we'll be talking about episode two of the Mary Tyler Moore show, season one, as well as uh, some of our own disastrous. Uh, party party <laughs> gatherings if we have any i don't Relate, know relating to that story yes yeah we're gonna try to relate to every story <laughs> <laughs> um, which is surprisingly easy yes that's what makes that show so great so, so great <laughs> until next time thanks for listening We hope you all had as much fun listening to this episode as we had making it. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. If you enjoyed it, we would really appreciate it if you would share it with your friends. And if you have time to give us a rating on either iTunes or Stitcher, wherever you're listening to this podcast, we would be ever so grateful. You can also be sure to find us on Instagram at Rhoda and Mary. And you can also head over to our website and find all kinds of extra information, our show notes, and uh, more fun ways to uh, engage with us there at rhodaandmary.com.